Adjusters, the sky is falling. It's an adjuster Armageddon. A recent Washington State Appellate Court opinion has sanctified the ability of bad faith attorneys to name individual adjusters as additional defendants, along with their insurance company employers, in bad faith lawsuits. We have a bullseye on our backs. We're in the crosshairs. We're target defendants. What are we going to do? Hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit, step back, and take a look at this recent decision. Hi, this is Kevin Quinley of Quinley Risk Associates, and welcome to the Claims Coach Podcast. This podcast is the podcast that delivers tips, tools, and techniques to help great claim and risk professionals get even better at managing their claims, their time, their resources, and their careers. So let's look at this case styled Keodala versus Allstate in Washington State. According to the published opinion in Keodala, we see the following features. Number one, uh, let me step back. This is a two-vehicle accident at a controlled intersection. The plaintiff was driving a car and was hit by a motorcyclist at, an, at a controlled intersection. According to the published opinion, the tortfeasor, the motorcyclist, was going between 70 and 74 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour zone. Okay, number one. Number two, the police investigation showed that the insured policyholder was not on his cell phone at the time of the collision. Number three, the insurance company's investigation revealed several witnesses who said that the tortfeasor, the motorcyclist, was traveling above the speed limit, had darted between cars in both lanes, and had cheated at the intersection. Number four, the insurance company hired an accident reconstruction firm to analyze the collision. There was only $25,000 in UM-UIM coverage, so I tip my hat to them for taking this extra step. The accident recon, though, found that the insured stopped at the stop sign and that the other driver was going at least 60 miles an hour and that the latter's excessive speed caused the collision. Number five, in light of these factors, or maybe it better put, despite these factors, the insurance company took the position at trial that it's insured, its own insured, was 70% at fault for the accident. So the plaintiff policyholder demanded the entire $25,000 UIM policy limit, and in response, the insurance company offered $1,600 as an answer. And then it raised the offer to $5,000, and at trial, the insurance company contended that its policyholder was 70% at fault. Okay, those in very broad brush strokes are the facts and features as to liability. So I don't think you have to be a board-certified attorney. I don't think you have to be an attorney at all. I don't think you have to be a seasoned 20-year claims person. I don't think you have to have an MBA or an engineering degree to say that based on the facts as presented in the judge's opinion, which admittedly may be selective, liability would appear to be as close to a no-brainer as possible, given the witness's testimony, the accident reconstruction testimony, the insured's testimony. No reasonable adjuster would likely assess liability on the part of its insured, much less 70% responsibility for the accident. So there's been a lot of hand-wringing 
about Kiodala. There's been a lot of suggestions on how to adapt to Kiodala. But I think what's been lost in a lot of the commentary and discussion are a couple of obvious things. First of all, the takeaway is explain the basis for any settlement offers. In Kiodala, the plaintiff policyholder demanded the $25,000 UIM limit. In response, the insurance company offered $1,600 to settle and said that based on that assessment of 70% at fault, that $1,600 was adequate. Now, Kiodala came back and asked the insurance company to explain its evaluation. Its response, it increased its offer from $1,600 to $5,000. Of course, notching up the offer from $1,600 to $5,000 does not explain the insurer's liability assessment. In fact, in the absence of any explanation or a compelling rationale, it suggests lowballing. So I think one key takeaway is when an insurance company makes an offer less than a policy limit demand, or even less than the, the demand, provide, provide an explanation, preferably written, for the lower offer. This could be talking points with regard to liability, although I'm hard-pressed to see what they could be here. Maybe they're talking points with regard to the reasonableness of the damages, the specials and medicals were built up, there could be talking points with regard to causal relationship or lack thereof between the damages and the motor vehicle accident. But when you get a request for an explanation of your liability assessment and your explanation is simply to parrot a slightly higher offer, that's a red flag to bad faith attorneys or to any policyholder represented by counsel. A second key takeaway, not to overlook the obvious, is to take reasoned liability positions based on facts. Often overlooked in all of the hand-wringing and post-mortem over Kiodala is the fact that the fact pattern driving this case pointed to some fairly simple steps that the insurance company, that the adjuster could have taken to insulate himself or herself as a target defendant. Namely, heeding the facts of the case pointing to clear liability on the tortfeasor's part and or responding to a request for an explanation by articulating the rationale for what the plaintiff sees as a lowball settlement offer. So, hey, adjusters, one way to avoid being named as a defendant in a bad faith lawsuit, it's kind of simplistic, <laughs> don't engage in bad faith. Don't take ridiculous stances on liability assessments. Read and heed the facts. If you've got the police report, you've got the witnesses, you've got the insured, and you've got an accident reconstructionist, all pointing toward the same conclusion, i.e. that fault lie totally with the adverse party, the tortfeasor, in a UMUIM claim. Uh, if, if you're going to say that there's 70% liability or any liability on the part of your insured, you better have compelling reasons to do so and communicate those reasons. Read and heed the facts. Articulate a rationale for settlement offers. And when you're asked for an explanation for your liability assessment and you come back with a higher offer, that is not an explanation. Hey, if you like the content here, please subscribe to the Claims Coach Podcast on iTunes and leave a review. For more information on Quinley Risk Associates and my menu of services, please visit me on the web 
at www.claimscoach.com or connect with me on Twitter at ClaimsCoach, that's one word, ClaimsCoach, or I'm on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and be sure to check back for future claims and risk management resources from Quinley Risk Associates.